A school shooting takes place in Nashville yesterday, claiming the life of six, including three children. Is artificial tel- tel- is artificial intelligence not good for the Jews? Is Florida the next biggest Jewish state? And how one man closed an entire country's airport. You'll hear all of that today on The Daily Thread. Okay, so the first story we're going to lead with obviously, is the troubling news out of Nashville where a 28-year-old shot up a Christian school claiming the lives of three nine-year-olds and three people over the age of 60. Um, A manifesto was left. This seems like a case of, I don't know, you want to call it domestic terrorism? I don't don't know exactly what what you want to call it, but it's it's a terrible, terrible thing that happened over there in Nashville. Something that I that was odd, not really related to the actual to the actual shooting, which was of course terrible. But yesterday, Fox News um, had Joe Biden coming down to speak in the White House and address uh, the tragedy. And I don't know if he didn't realize what he was coming to speak about, but he started talking about ice cream for like five minutes. Yeah, chocolate chip. His favorite chocolate chip ice cream actually is what happens to be his favorite. Uh, and um, I, I saw the clip also last night on the news, and uh, it was uh, it was shocking, you know, to to watch the president coming out at a time of uh, uh, a tragic uh, uh, attack uh, like uh, that you just described that took place in um, in Nashville. Um, like you said, a twenty eight year old uh, young woman, and um, I think I think I read that she was a former student of the school, but fifteen years ago she was a student at the school. And also, I also read that this is not the only location that this person planned to shoot. She had, you know, she had ammo in her car, ready to hit up other locations. Should well, I, I think I think she. Uh, I heard this morning that uh, she uh, that wasn't her, this school wasn't her top priority either. Uh, she went someplace else first, but there was uh, visible security, uh, so she left and went uh, to. Uh, to this school uh, where there wasn't a security outside the school. The doors were locked according to the, the protocol that is supposed to be taking place to protect schools and so on and so forth. Well, so this, the secondary debate, Nachi, the secondary debate here is whether to have visible and real armed security outside all of our schools. Uh, and the other side of that debate, uh, which I also read about this morning in one of the newspapers, I think the editorial in the Wall Street Journal, the other side of the debate is whether you want to see children coming to school, which is supposed to be a largely innocent type of experience as a person grows up as a child and then as a teenager into adulthood, whether they want to have this memory in their minds that they're coming to a school that's protected by military or police that well, are heavily armed. Listen, I, it obviously isn't ideal, and it, I don't know what type of effect it has long term, but it certainly is better than the alternative, which is not being safe. Um, a locked door, I think, does very, very little when you have a, a, a have a shooter, you know, someone with a gun can very, very easily get by a locked door. The fact is, it didn't seem like there was any any armed security in the school yesterday, unfortunately. And um, the result is is three children and three adults killed. I think that, you know, the debate isn't whether there should be armed security outside the schools. I think for sure there should be armed security outside every single school. I think where the debate is going is, should there be uh, teachers who are armed? You know, this is, it's a sick, yeah. it's, it's, un, it's an unfortunate discussion to have, but... Is this where we're at? We're we're trying to parents want to be able to send their kids to school, 
and know that they're going to come home at the end of the day and not be a victim of such a senseless crime. Well, you know, while while you're talking, I'm picturing uh, the yeshivas here uh, in the five towns that, uh, and I'm I'm just picturing a few of them in my mind, and I know that just reviewing uh, where where you guys went to yeshiva and where uh, your children, uh, our grandchildren, got to yeshiva, uh, they're they're all very, I believe, uh, sufficiently and effectively and heavily protected uh, by by fencing, uh, by uh, you know armed personnel, not visible. You don't have to walk around with a, uh, a machine gun strapped over your shoulder, uh, like some, you know, like you can, in Israel, you can go into Ben Yehuda for a falafel and the guy in front of you on, online has, uh, has an M16 no, rifle. No, but if, even if you go to, if you go to the shul in Bel Harbor, the Chabad, you have four, turn that off. You have, you have four heavily armed security guards standing outside that shul. Right, it. right. And you have to go through, and you have to go through a metal detector. Yeah, but for to me, that, the shul, I, I, the don't, I, chakras. I don't get what the debate is. For me, that makes me feel safe. Why? Why is there a debate of like should that should we have that? And that makes me feel safe. No, the Nachi, the, the, the real the real debate is uh, again once again a left right debate, and the real debate is um, the real debate is whether um, we should be uh, we should. Um, uh, gun control. The real debate, I mean, is a gun control debate. Whether gun, guns should be banned, should be illegal. The, that's that is the fundamental debate. What should the law say about guns? Now, half the population is a Second Amendment right, which ha, which means you have the Americans have a right to to bear arms, essentially to protect themselves and to protect their families. Now, most people that are are have are, are licensed gun owners are responsible people. And the the arms that they have are either used for hunting, which is a sport, uh, it may not be a sport that we participate in, but it's a sport nevertheless, or to protect uh, your family. The other side of the equation, from the perspective of the left, is that if you have a gun, you're going to do damage. Uh, uh, but uh, my my argument there, by the way, is that if you uh, if you have a uh, disposition. Uh, to do something criminal, to do some damage with a gun, it doesn't matter to you what the law is. If you if you're willing to kill people, what do you care what the law is? You get yeah. your hands on a, on, a, on a, you can steal a gun. Yeah. No. It, listen, we wish our we wish condolences to everyone who passed and the families. It's it's a, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> thing. It's something terrible that happened. Uh, there's no place for such evil in this world, and, and we hope to never have to speak about such an event ever, ever again. But, but let, let me just reiterate that it has happened a lot, way too often in the last few years, uh, especially around schools. Uh, and um, But uh, again, the fundamental debate is uh, about uh, the legality of, of guns. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Not security, not metal doors versus glass doors, uh, not security guards versus non-security guards. It's about gun control. The next story I want to get to is about artificial intelligence. We know that 2023 has been the year of AI and chat GPT. A study showed that 80% of American jobs will be, 80% uh, of American workers, that is, will be affected and impacted by artificial intelligence. Now, that's scary. You know, your job can seriously be replaced by a, you know, computer, a, an AI interface. Um but something that I want to really think about is, is artificial intelligence against the Jewish way? Like as Jews, our whole, uh, the whole purpose of learning is is to toil. It's to, it's to study. Stein. It's not, it's yeah. not to just, it, it's not to just get shot. It's to really, really sit in it. So 
you know, and that's how and that's how people become better people. That's how you improve. Right. I think the the idea is what you're saying when it comes to limita Torah. The idea is to struggle to understand uh, a, a Rashi or a Taisvis or, or a Gemara. It's like the uh, the father or mother that came to a PTA meeting and asked the Rebbe how their son's doing. And he gave a great report. He said, your son already doesn't understand 12 blot of Gemara. Hey, listen, uh, that's, that's the first step. That's the first step. <laughs> the, the objective is not to understand it, to to be a mavakesh, to constantly be pursuing uh, uh, the the words of Hashem on a but, higher level but here's, through the study of Torah. But here's so here's the issue: AI, if used in a divrei Torah or if used in a way that impacts Torah learning, is totally out of bounds. It's hey, the- Nachi. Let me tell you something. Okay, I not to not to digress too much. I took Regents. Uh, uh, I took regions when you do with all calculators lit yet, okay? You had to figure out the math problems on paper and you had to submit the paper with the regions. They had okay? they had a reg- yeah. they had regions in the eighteen hundreds? Yes, they had no in the seventeen hundreds they had one regent. Oh wow. Uh, earth science earth science, your wow. favorite subject. Very nice. Why is there, I didn't get that joke. Why is earth science my favorite subject? I because I think you you I think you approach earth science like a like a piece of Gemara. You had to you had to struggle to understand it. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I did pretty well in earth science, but okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Eventually, eventually, you did pretty well. But that's not the point. You're, you're going off topic. The uh, uh, the point is that you, once upon a time you had to sit there with paper, and you had to figure out the problems, and you had to show the teachers that were, or the people that were marking the regions, how you figured out the problem. Now all you got to do is punch in numbers. So that was like the, the precursor. Of, that was early uh, artificial intelligence, a calculator. You know? Yeah. Do you know, how much, you know how much 16 times 149 is? No. You got to figure it out. But if you have a calculator, I can tell you that in three seconds. What did you say? 16 times 149? Yeah, you have a calculator there? No, I don't have a calculator, but it's, it's easy math. That's 2,384. You just you just did it on a calculator. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, of course you did. I, I, you know, nobody wants to see their job replaced by artificial intelligence, and I feel like as Jewish people, we're 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 the people of the book, and we always have to remain the people of the book. And I think that 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 stems beyond and outside of even Torah learning. We just have to constantly always not we, – we can't go fully in an artificial intelligence because at the end of the day, society is going to be all in on artificial intelligence and we need to remain and we need to have real intelligence. And I think that that's what, what keeps us a step ahead is we use our brain. Yeah, and I think – yeah, we need it. We need we we have to we have to maintain the tradition of uh, the fundamentals, and uh, and the traditions that uh, our fathers and our grandfathers and our great grandfathers uh, practice. And there's a certain beauty to it. There's a nice saying that says, uh, "The future of the Jewish people is in our past." Very good. Well, speaking of the future of the Jewish people. That what could be you, the title of your. Uh, uh, that could be a title of your episode today. Could be <laughs> our, f- our future is in our past. The, well, does the future or does the does the future of the Jewish people look nice and sunny in in Florida? Because is that is that going to be the soon the number one Jewish state in America? And I'll tell you why. Because living in Florida, as of yesterday, this new bill was passed. Living in Florida will save you eight thousand dollars per child per year in tuition costs. $8,000. The state's going to pay the yeshiva $8,000 of your tuition bill. I think the, the state's going to either pay the family or the, they're going to give it directly to the yeshiva towards any any grade from pre-K through 12th grade, $8,000 per kid per year. I, I mean, like, where do you sign me up? Like, 
do I have to move to I mean, Florida I, tomorrow? I, I I would I don't know the details of the law, but I would guess that they're going to if you have X amount of kids registered in school, uh, the state's going to pay the school directly. Because I think it's asking for trouble if they pay you directly, and then you give the yeshiva post dated checks for the next five years. <laughs> well, you know what? I I don't know. Maybe you're the only one that thought about it like that as a business opportunity <laughs> to sort of to sort of get at the state. Oh, uh, I think that yeshivas need their money, and they, if the state is allocating money for yeshiva tuition and making it easier on parents, I think it's a big, a great breakthrough. It's, a, it's uh, tremendous. Why important. can't we have? Why can't we have that here in New York? Because we are a democratic state with left-wing liberals that are anti-religion. Wow, that was did a I quick. Explain, that was a quick did answer. I, did, I, did I explain that well enough? That was, you, yeah, I don't think you've ever explained anything as as good as you explained that. <laughs> there you go. End of story. Yeah, that's. But you know what? Like. Um, Tuition here can cost, you know, let's say you have a, f- a family of five. You're looking at, you're looking at a nice bill of yeah. at least at least six, at least sixty thousand dollars in tuition cost. At least sixty k. Five kids, no. For five kids, oh, it depends what it depends what school you go to. A tuition for a child, let's say, um, let's say high school. Okay, uh, uh, I think it's higher here in the in in the five towns. Than probably anyway, plenty of places else in the country. I think it can go from fifteen thousand per kid to uh, up to thirty-five thousand per kid, depending. Okay, on, well, the thirty-five uh, thousand. We're, 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 let, let, let's let's average it out at the fifteen at the fifteen range. So yeah, fifteen times five. Ask AI about that. How much that is? It's a lot of money. And imagine if you're saving eight thousand dollars per child, so you're only spending seven thousand per kid. That is that is tremendous. That's literally another. Uh, depending on how many kids you have, that's like another set of income in your family. That's sure. tremendous. You, you, so you you could afford Shmurmatsa then, you know. Abba and, is and, it, uh, is Nefesh Benefesh going to start making flights to Florida now? I don't know. If you notice, look at the map of the United States. You see, Florida is is very large, but it's shaped very similarly to the, how the state of Israel is shaped. Wow. You know what? This is I I don't know I, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> You think you it's could, you could you could use that for your headline also. Florida is in good shape. You could write. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> you could, you could write. You could write that too. I'm, listen, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing yeah. my job. That's all. And the the next story I want to get to is how one person, one man, shut down an entire country's air air travel and airport, and how he held tens and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of of civilians of r- citizens hostage in an airport. That is so Pinchas, what happened. Pinchas Idan made a phone call and he said okay. to that's he said no more flights are going out of Ben-Gurion Airport until further notice. I will let you know when you can resume. Air, uh, planes can land but no more can take off. And he did Who so. Who did he call? Who did he call? I, I, he called up he he is I think the the minister of of travel or something in Ben-Gurion Airport or something something like that's his position. Okay. And okay. He made a phone call and and literally that stopped planes from taking off. He didn't consult with the min- the minister of of, of Tran- transportation. Uh, transportation. He didn't consult with Knesset. He just made that decision. That's literally probably like like an upper TSA member saying, "Okay, no more flights." You can't just make that decision. You can't ground an entire country's airport because you have a political belief or you are are in line with the protesters. So. To be honest, I think it goes without saying this guy should be fired. But besides for being fired, he should probably be arrested. How is this not a form of domestic terrorism? You held an entire nation, an entire country hostage in an airport. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, one thing we learned from these recent uh, protest uh, street demonstrations in Israel the last few days up until yesterday, and I think mostly either they stopped or they're out of the news. I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah. But I, I, think, uh, I think they stopped mostly. But I think one, th- one thing we've learned is that everyone in Israel does whatever they want. It's almost like the Jewish communities in the United States. You know, it's like a yeshul. The whole place is run like a shul. A guy does what he wants. You know, if, if there's a, a rule that no one's allowed to have meat boards by the uh, by the kiddush on Shabbos, one guy comes in with a meat board because you know he wants a meat board. So everybody does what they want, pretty much. So this guy just made that call because he felt like it. Well, he, obviously, he was on the. Uh, he wanted to protest the uh, Netanyahu government and their threat of passing new legislation uh, that will affect uh, how judges are appointed. And listen, uh, an airport is a hub of the country. You know how many people were waiting to get on flights to get back to New York for for Pesach. Yeah, I think like they're all back on people, schedule. People are planning their trips for months, and this guy, this one person. Didn't didn't reach out to a board of directors. Didn't reach out to anybody. He decided we're closing. We're not letting flights go out. To me, that's that's a uh, that's a crime. That's an arrestable offense, if you ask me. I don't know how someone can do that. How they can use their their occupation as a way to protest and and to just ruin the days of tens of thousands of people. It's just so it's so beyond me. I can't understand how something like that happened. Uh, but he should be well, held responsible. You should know that uh, part of the agreement between uh, um, Netanyahu and Itamar Ben-Gvir, who is the public security minister, who who is the uh, the police department is under his uh, control, under his rubric, uh, so to speak. Uh, one of the deals is that uh, he's able to create a national guard, a new force of 2,000 people uh, that, you know, the police are not following directions of the minister who's in charge of the police. They pretty much did whatever they wanted. They went on strike. They didn't enforce the law. Uh, they let people into the, block the highways and into the streets because they too were protesting. Now, if you're going to run a country, you have to have a certain um, chain of command that, that has to be followed. Uh, and I think we mentioned yesterday in, in Syria or Russia or North Korea, if you don't follow orders, then you just uh, don't exist in the next in the next minute or two. So yeah. he's, in a, the, the agreement that he got out of Netanyahu, according to one of his aides that I spoke to this morning, is a 2,000-person National Guard command that's going to work largely in Judea and Samaria in places like Huara. Uh, and uh, they're also going to be able to work in a, a lot of, Israeli cities that have a very large mixed Jewish and Arab population to uh, uh, to keep the peace that the police largely stay out of. So you. we'll see if we'll see if, if that concession. We'll see if it, it's worthwhile and if it changes matters uh, on the street. Well, that those are our stories uh, for today's daily thread. We appreciate you listening and, and joining in. Of course. If you have any feedback or any stories you want to see us talk about, make sure to email us or message on WhatsApp. But you can email us at the daily thread at meaningfulminute.org. And we will see you once again tomorrow.